I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. Whether you listen to an Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Springer, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio, we thank each and every Glory Hole seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevens, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Woo, Bo Cephas, here we go. It is week zero in college football and you know sesame street the number of the day is zero as in there is zero percent chance that the cowboys win the super bowl there is zero percent chance that i win that i win in fantasy football and there is z well more like eh, point 8% 8% chance that I get laid this weekend because you never know. <laughs> there might be that special, beautiful Helen Keller, blind, deaf, and retarded chick that walks into the watering hole and my chances <laughs> skyrocket, baby, through the roof. Now, whether you are here for the funny. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Are you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. Presidents. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. <laughs> we will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Cephas, as always, right here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking a seven Spanish Angels, which is a brown L. That is no pun intended by me, <laughs> but certainly it was intended by the good people at the Brazos Valley 
Brewery in Brenham, Texas, which is exactly where this beer is brewed. I gave it two out of five stars my beer app, Below Average Beer, and it reminded me, Longhorn, of the last time when uh, we were in Brenham, Texas, and you and I, you know, had around four or so of the seven Spanish angels in that town for our evening's Mm. entertainment, and they were also collectively below average. Even though I do recall at one point, you yelled out, and I quote, Los meals deal, no mas pendejo penetration. <laughs> At which point I was alarmed that one of the mujeres was actually an hombre, but it turns out that she was just a fiesta chica from the border, and we all went about our business and uh, had ourselves a fine time. Well, l- listen, when you're when you're willing to accept the blind, deaf, and retarded, a nice little he, she, senorita, senorito <laughs> is just fine with me. I don't senorita. care. <laughs> Oh, my Lord, boys and girls. And as you can see uh, from last year, Longhorn's Spanish has gotten no better. But you know what, baby? We have gotten better. And we are going to go over the AFC and NFC North divisions in the NFL on this podcast. Give you our take on each team over, under, win totals, Vegas style. And, of course, of course, we're going to give out best bets to get you paid. But right now... We got to get paid, and to do that, here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by Cock Diesel. Well, it's no secret that here at FGH, our audience is mostly men, or women that identify as men, or however the fuck all that works. And because of that, we have been chosen to be the new exclusive advertisers of a new penis enlargement company called Cock Diesel. Cock Diesel is a revolutionary new company with one goal in mind, to make your member the size of a California red oak timber. And with their patent-proven methods, they will do just that. How does it work, you might ask? Well, I'll tell you. First, they measure your pleasure with a confidential in-home meeting, and from there, develop and individualize a strategic plan to turn your baloney pony into a salami that could do it all like Shohei Otani, baby. If you want to reach your phallus totalis, cock diesel. If you want your trouser weasel to be the third leg on your easel, cock diesel. God damn it, if you need the force in your choder to be as big as it is in Yoda, cock diesel. Go to cockdiesel.com right now and put in code word glory hole for 10% off making your cack the biggest in Fenway pack there, kid. That's code word glory hole for 10% off getting the schlong the size of King Kong, baby. One more time, 10% off the tally whacker that will give you all the swagger with code word glory hole. Jesus Christ, Longhorn, I gotta tell you, that cock diesel sounds like a hell of a product. Uh, <laughs> I think that, uh, one, if not both of our cocks were spitting out some <clears throat> diesel after that last night in Brenham, so I'm not sure <laughs> what those senoritas had, uh, what they were serving on their taco, but, uh, it was definitely not the mild sauce. I'll say that. Yeah, well, this senorito will take all of the cock diesel that I can get my hands on. I can tell you that right now because nothing goes better with plowing. Nothing goes better with plowing those Helen Kellers than a fucking pocket full of cock diesel, let me tell you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It's happening. Stay f***ing What do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. 
It's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby! Man, you know it's time when you hear those fucking bells. It is money-making time, boys and girls. And we are going to start with the AFC North. And Longhorn, we're start with those Baltimore Ravens. Last year, 8-9. and nine. Very disappointing for that franchise, for sure. Uh, their trend line goes as such. 2017, over-under 9 was a push. 2018, over-under 8.5 when they went over. 19, 8.5 again, they went over. 20, 11 and a half under last year, 10 and a half, obviously under. This year, their total is 10. Now, Longhorn, what do you have on the Ravens? 10 wins. Okay. Let me, uh, let me write that down. Um, first, before we start, this division was just as hard for me to kind of place in order as the AFC West that we did two weeks ago. Um if you missed any of these division breakdowns, just go back into the feed and uh, you'll find the division breakdowns uh, of anything that you missed. But yeah, I had a, I had a hard time placing this one. Um, so, but with Baltimore, I actually landed right on 10. Um, so I've got them 10 and seven and there's, you know, Baltimore is just one of those teams that just does a lot of things, right? They do the draft, right? They seem to make the right decisions in free agency, letting people go before they get, um, too overpaid. So there's really not a whole lot to not like about Baltimore. Um, <clears throat> you know, you just look at the draft. Actually, let's start with returning players. Like Ronnie Stanley was out all last year. He's a premier left tackle. If he comes back to form, that's, I mean, you're getting one of the best left tackles in the game coming back. And then on defense, uh, I know there was somebody that um, was a free agent. Where is it? I know I it. Uh, da, 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 can't find it. Whatever. We'll move on. Lewis Campbell? Um, no, he Yeah, recently. there it is. No, he was there. He was there. I don't... Fuck. Whatever. Yeah, okay, so anyways, it's it's a left tackle, premier left tackle that's coming back, and they drafted Tyler Lindebaum, first round center. Marcus Williams? I, no, that's not a difference maker. It's I, I, I thought there was another free agent that they brought in, but I don't know. Maybe it'll... Is it Mar- Marcus Williams, maybe? Marcus, yeah, Williams, but, Marcus yeah. Williams signed a huge contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge Sorry. Contract. Yeah, okay. So Marcus Williams, uh, free safety, and uh, Stanley coming back. Those are two huge additions outside of what they did in the draft, which was tremendous, bringing in a starting center from day one who's dealing with a little bit of an injury in preseason, but they're expecting him back uh, at the start of the season. Uh, staying on the offensive side, Isaiah Likely, if you've been paying attention, he looks like a uh, – a fantastic one-two punch at tight end to go along with Mark Andrews. Of course, they're getting Jay. Oh, that's the, that's the other one that I was thinking about. J.K. Dobbins is coming back. He was he was out all last year with injury. <clears throat> now let's go to the defensive side. A defense that had taken a little bit of a step back, um, certainly on paper with um, with talent. Uh, in the last two years, they have just loaded up on the defensive side of the ball with with draft picks and also sprinkling in a couple of free agency. Just in this draft alone, Travis Jones in the third round, David Ajobo in the second round, who could have been a first-round talent. Um, they're, they're immediate rotation-type players to go along 
with a defense that didn't really have a whole lot of holes. You could say in the secondary they were a little bit weak, but what they do, they brought in Kyle Hamilton, another first-round prospect, the safety out of Notre Dame, and uh, Jalen Armour Davis in the fourth round. Uh, again, going to step in and, and kind of be rotational depth, along with Marcus Williams. I mean, they just – they're one of those teams that identifies weaknesses, identifies spots that need help, and they attack it. And um, when teams do that, it's hard not to – especially when they have a track record, good coaching staff, a track record of winning. I, I looked at the list of teams in this division. It's hard for me to pick against them. Now, now people are going to point at the wide, wide receiver position, and they did lose Hollywood Brown. But again, they draft well. They draw. They drafted Rashad Bateman in 2021 in the first round. He should step right in and be a number one receiver for this team. This is not a heavy passing team, so you don't need that. You know that one, two, three punch of receivers like like Cincinnati has, for example. Like they're not a passing team, so they don't necessarily need that. When you got a Rashad Bateman, a uh, Mark Andrews, and uh, you know people like Isaiah Likely at tight end, um, they've, they've got a couple other draft picks like. Um, James Prochet, Devin Duvernay. They just have dudes that can come in, get open for these little dump-off you know, passes that Lamar is going to find openings for. That's how they keep their offense moving. That's how they keep their scoring going to go along with the running game and the defense. I love everything they're doing. I, I, not too much. you know. That's why I put them at 10-7 and 7 because – Lamar's hard. Lamar's, you know, Lamar's, I think his high, did they win 12 games one year or whatever they won that one year, and he won the, the MVP. And then we've seen kind of the bad Lamar where, where he's, you know, the league has kind of figured him out a little bit. This is his chance to punch back on the league. You know, like like the great quarterbacks, they 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 shoot up. The league figures them, figures them out a little bit. They knock them back down. And the great ones figure it out and take another leap back, uh, back forward. So, We'll see if Lamar can do that. At 10-7, and 7, I think it's a safe landing spot for them, and obviously it's exactly where Vegas had them. So um, what do you have for those Baltimore Ravens? Where you got them landing at? Yeah, I think they actually went 14-2 and two that year. He mm. was an MVP. Uh, Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, so they're 14-2 that, really overall. Good. So <laughs> Vegas is really, really good actually at Baltimore. So if you look at them on the trend line I mentioned before, you know, they went low on them a couple years and got beat 2018 and 2019. Obviously, uh, Lamar's MVP year. But then they went high. 11.5 in 2020, the team went under. 10.5 in 2021, the team went under. Now, if you look at their ATS in those years in 2020, they went 12-6 and six overall, including the playoffs. Against the spread, they went 11-6-1. Last year, they went 8-9 and nine straight up. They went 8-9 and nine against the spread. So Vegas has pretty much got this team on the fucking lock at this point. They won two years in a row on them. Um, and it, but if you look at, and here's why I'm a little bit bullish on them, kind of like you are, Vegas is expecting, obviously, an upgrade from the eight wins to the ten wins. And that's with Lamar coming back, obviously. <clears throat> They're favored 12 out of 17 games, which that's about nine and a half wins according to Vegas, so maybe they're a little bit softer than what the number would suggest. However... Uh, Baltimore seriously underperformed their Pythagorean Theorem last year, and that is a huge indicator historically for teams that are going to push up the next year. They were underperformed from our power ranking by over half a point, which over the course of the season, that's a big fucking deal. They are a tough team to judge, though, like you said. You have to decide. I think it's here, here's where it comes to. You have to decide if Lamar's decline is going to continue or how – or has he leveled out to what he is? 
And what I mean by that is, if you look at, he's been the full-time starter since that fantastic season, 2019. Right, he was the MVP, and deservedly so. And I'll tell you why he was deservedly so. His QBR that year was an 83. That's fucking elite. However, from there, it's gone from 83 to 67.3 to a 50.7. So from MVP to great, you know, great, 67.3 is a great QBR to below average in three years. Now, he was 17th in 2022, which, again, is below average. That's right behind Mac and Cheese and Kirk Cousins. So whatever you think about Kirk Cousins, Lamar was behind him in that metric. Now, in 2019, he was the second-best quarterback in the entire league in DVOA. Again, MVP season, and deservedly so. 2020, he was 21st in that metric, below average. In 2021, 19th, again, below average. 2019, EPA plus CPOE, which is every stat nerd like me, favorite quarterback stat. He was the number one quarterback in the NFL in that stat. That is the most efficient stat there is for quarterbacks. He was the best of all of them. And guess what? He won the fucking MVP, and again, deservedly so. In 2020, he slipped from 1 to 13, so above average. And then 2021 to 19th, to below average. So, in every stat imaginable, whatever you want to look at it, he's went from MVP... To below average. However, he's also went from 13 and 2. He was 13 and 2 as a starter in that year. They did win 14 games, but he went 13. He didn't start the last game. They won anyway. So he's went from 13 and 2 to 11 and 4 to 7 and 5 last year when he was the starter. So, and not even mentioning, I didn't ever bring his numbers or anything into it. It's not fair to bring up his rookie season and play all year. But as a rookie, he went 6-1 and one in that season and got them into the playoffs. And like you said, Baltimore is a first-class organization, period. So, if he stays healthy, historically, no matter what his numbers do, MVP to below-average quarterback, he wins more than he loses. And I, I'm with you. I like the roster. I like what they've done to it. And I landed exactly where you landed at 10-7 and seven to give me the push on Baltimore. Ten and seven, so same as me. I think we're. I, I do think we're a little light. Um, and hold on, ten and seven. Um, when we get to the last week of doing these little recaps or these uh, predictions for the things, I, I want to give us a last chance to uh, do adjustment on a team here and there if we want to. Because what I really want to do is. Because we're just picking records randomly each division, but I want the wins and losses to add up, you know, to like the actual game. So like, you know, seventeen weeks, uh, you know, seventeen weeks, seven, whatever the game is. It seventeen times sixteen, because it'd be yeah, sixteen games, or seventeen weeks times sixteen games a weekend. Or would it be 16? No, yeah, because there's 17 games. So 17 times 16. So we need 272. Let's, let's let him work this out, boys and girls. Let's let him work it out. Let's, <laughs> I'm not the math guy. Be patient. But, but Don't fast forward yet. Don't fast basically, forward yet. Basically, you need 130. <laughs> like, if it's if it's completely 500, you need 136 wins and 136 losses. So, it, that's not right, is it? You know what? I'm not. 
I'm gonna nah. throw it to you. You can figure this out. I want the math to work out. Basically, what I'm saying. We can't have like where all these teams are like we're ten games over win uh, possibility. You know what I'm saying? Or or ten games under win possibility. Like I want the I want the the numbers to add up to where it's the all the records could perfectly happen with all the games that are possible. So I think I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. All right, thank you to the Kamala Harris of the math portion of this podcast. All right, we're Look, moving it's on. Gonna just, to just, those. I hate you, <laughs> fucking, I hate you so much. You know what I'm fucking saying? You're just leaving me out to hang, you fucking dickhead. God damn it, fucking. Come on, oh, man. All right, we're gonna move. Come on, man. We're gonna move on to numbers that. We're going to move on to the Cincinnati Bengals. The runners-up last year came out of fucking nowhere, kicked our motherfucking ass, one of our four, only four, but one of our four losses on our season total last year. Ten and seven those Bengals went, and uh, went all the way to the goddamn Super Bowl after that. Um, Their trend line is as follows. 2017, eight and a half wins. They went under that. 2018, five wins. They did go over that. 2019, six wins. Yeah, under. 2020, five and a half under. Last year, Vegas upgraded them to 2000, er, 21 to six and a half wins. Obviously, they fucking blew by that. This year, huge fucking upgrade from Vegas. Nine and a half wins for those Cincinnati Bengals. Longhorn, this ain't Ooh. your daddy's Bengals, so what you, what you got to say about them? Nine and a half. Okay, that's interesting. Um, well, I guess I am going to fade Cincy. I was going to actually start this whole speech about how I wanted to fade Cincy, but I can't because of the awesome moves that they made in the offseason. But technically, per Vegas expectations, I am fading them because I'm, I am putting them at 9-8 and eight in this very tough division. Now, the reason I didn't really think I could fade them is because just like Baltimore, they identified needs and they attacked it in the draft and in free agency. Uh, starting with free agency, they brought in center Ted, Ted Karras from New England, guard Alex Kappa from Tampa, and right tackle Lyle Collins from Dallas. That is bang, bang, bang. Instant starters and instant upgrades from what they had last year. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, you talk about identifying an, a need and attacking it. That is beautiful beautiful work there they brought in Hayden Hurst tight end from Atlanta he's he's underperformed from what he was supposed to be when he came in uh, as a draft pick uh, but still a decent tight end to go along with obviously the best probably three wide receiver set in the NFL with Chase Higgins and Boyd not there's no I'm not gonna waste any time in the offense the offense is gonna be fucking awesome so let's just let's move to the defense and the defense this could be you would expect a drop off from what they did last year because they they kind of did perform over their heads last year. So what did they do? Well, they attacked the defense with the draft. First round pick Dax Hill out of Michigan. He's going to play that kind of safety nickel slot corner combination. Fit right in with the. By the way, they they lost no starters in the secondary. So it's Apple, Von Bell, Jesse Bates, uh, Awuzie, and Mike Hilton. Throw in Dax Hill, first round pick. Throw in second round pick from Cal, uh, Cam Taylor Britt. I mean that's bang bang. Uh, let's let's throw in some depth just in case there's slight regression from some of our starters. That's how you attack it in the draft. Um, the pass rush could Trey Henderson has been playing over his over his head in in pass rushing for the last couple of years. 
if that takes a step back, and if Sam Hubbard can't uh, add some of that, you know, pass rush, Joseph aside, like like they've got these, they've got like a big old group of overachieving, try hard, motor never starts, stops running type pass rushers. If that continues, my projection of nine and eight, that that's just going to be wrong. And 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 they probably could push Baltimore up. You know, it, it could take eleven wins to win this division if things go perfectly right for Cincy. But you know. Since they did play over their head last year, since everything went perfect for them, and since they are the Super Bowl loser, and we know that that, that trend there, I'm putting them in 9-8. I still give them a winning record because I, I do respect them, the way they attack the roster, and, of course, the man, Joe Burrow, um, too much to give them a losing record. So 9-8, and eight, what do you got? Yeah, so like I said, uh, Vegas from year to year, expecting a huge upgrade, but if you look at... You know, their overall win's 10. They're expecting a slight downgrade there. And they're only favored in eight games this year so far in the preseason. So that's about a 9-8 record from Vegas. So one game back from what they were last year, Vegas is expecting a step back. And I, like you, I was honestly expecting them to do that as well. I did a whole podcast on I Mean It on Super Bowl losers. And it's a myth that they suck. You know, overall, but they don't do as well unless they have an all-time quarterback, a Rodgers, a Mahomes, a Brady. So the question becomes, is Burrow that kind of dude? <clears throat> now, I don't think he's at that level. However, the trend we mentioned last week on second-year quarterbacks, did they beat their total? And this is a perfect example. So the two guys that I mentioned that kind of are bucking that trend right now are Dak, and obviously everybody thinks that uh, your kid from San Diego uh, is going to be great Herbert. But like I said, their totals were 9.5, and, and I want to revisit this for everybody real quick. Their totals were 9.5. That was the two highest totals for a second-year quarterback of any of the guys that you know I chronicled from 2017 on. Burrow was in the exact class as Baker as uh, Sam Darnold, as all the dudes, as a Tua, every guy that I mentioned that did not beat their over-under, Burrow was there. Six and a half wins. So obviously Vegas was not expecting the Bengals to be very good. We were not expecting the Bengals to be very good. But because he is probably going to be a special quarterback, he blew that total out of the water. So do I think he's an all-timer like Rodgers, Mahomes, Brady? Nah, maybe not, but I do think he is in that very next tier of very good fucking quarterbacks. And, you know, with Baltimore, yeah, they're going to be better than last year, but I I really don't see their team in before, like I said, 10-7. and That's another great season, whatever. But that's kind of what they are. That's what they do. Obviously, with the Cleveland thing, and we're going to get into it, with Watson not going to be there, um, you know, they're not going to be as good a football team, and we'll get into Pittsburgh as well. So with the division kind of sliding back to them, then I think Cincy can go on to have the success they had last year. And I actually had them in a slight over. I've got them at 10-7, and seven, uh, repeating the same success they did last year. Now, do I think they get all the way to Super Bowl? No, I don't. You mentioned the defense. The defense was very, very, very fortunate in those playoff games. They didn't turn the ball over that well during the season. And they were terrible at fucking third down. They were 22nd best in the league at third down or 22nd worst, however you want to say it. 
Uh, they were below average in yards per game. They were 21st at yards per play. At any metric you want to be good at in defense, they weren't great. And, and points overall, they were 17th, so again, below average. They got very fortunate during the playoffs with the turnover situation and a couple, I mean, really just a one matchup thing that they really had a great matchup against the way you know Kansas City kind of plays football and the strengths of their team. But, man, other than that, like I said, they got really fortunate to get there, which every team gets fortunate to get to the Super Bowl. I'm not trying to diminish their accomplishment. It was awesome. However, I do think of the regular season, they do have the firepower. Like you said, they did upgrade the places that they did have uh, deficits at. Now, do I think their defense goes from below average to world beaters? Nah. But if they just get a little bit better, I think that's enough to buoy. And the other thing that <clears throat> took, took me down a little bit on them was – Joe Burrow's kind of, it's like a Havoc rating throw or whatever. Generally, from year to year, if you have a great year in that situation, you're going to be down the next year. I mean, it's a law of averages. It's going to work out. Nobody's that good against the fray. So, will some of those big plays come back this year? Yeah, he's not going to get as fortunate as some of those passes that he put up in Havoc situations, in pressure situations. However, I do think, like you said, they did enough to bolster the defense. It takes at least a step forward. And I see them, again, finishing 10-7, and seven, slight over for me. Yeah, and I think, I think one of these two teams is going to – could sneak up and get 11 and 12 wins, and we're way off on one of them. But picking which one, it's tough. It is tough. But we're going to move on to those Cleveland Browns. They used to be your Cleveland Browns. They are no longer your Cleveland Browns. Eight and nine last year. Tough last year for your uh, Baker boy there. Uh, their trend line is as follows. 2017, four and a half wins. They went under that. 2008 went 18, five. They went over that. 2019, nine. Under. 2020, eight and a half. 2021, ten and a half. Obviously, they went under that. And Vegas has them now. You can see under, over, under, over, under. That is the perfect pattern for Vegas. It's exactly how they like to do this game. And they have got this team nailed this year, Longhorn. Um, they opened at 10. I think that they've settled around 8.5 at this point because of all the just kind of surrounding news. So what do you have on Cleveland? And if, you have, if you've been living under a fucking rock, Deshaun Watson is suspended for the first 11 games, which equals 12 weeks 11. of the season, but 11 games. So what do you mm-hmm. got on yeah. those Cleveland Browns? Well, they're going to be my Cleveland Browns again next year, but this year this is just not – no. I, I, I can't – there's too much chaos, too much uh, too much stuff in the way, and somebody's going to get in the basement of this division, this really good division, and I'm putting Cleveland there. I've got them going 7-10. and 10. Uh, they're a year away from being really good. When things get settled in with Watson, that's you know, and he gets a year away from all this fucking debacle that he put himself through. He's not a victim. He 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 causes. But once he gets a year away from all this, that's when they're you know another another draft come in. They'll be able to skyrocket next year, and, and we'll see where they're at. But no, I don't. You know, I don't. I love the roster. Obviously, the the offensive line is not what it exactly was um people just assume that it's the same offensive line jack conklin their their awesome right tackle is coming off a severe knee injury so we'll if he can get back to what he was then it's close to what it was uh, but they're on their third center now 
J.C. Treader, you know, whatever he did, he's he still hasn't been signed, so I don't know if he's retiring. Whatever, he's not there. Nick Harris, who they drafted from out of Washington a couple years ago, was the slot starter. He got hurt, blew out his knee, I think, so he's done. Now they're on their third center. Um, now, again, they're solid everywhere else, assuming that Conklin is fine, but um, and the defense is, is obviously really good. We, we know what they got over there. The roster is rock solid. There's really no, t- no need to waste any time here. Um, but when you have questions at quarterback, obviously Watson's not going to be there till week 12. Uh, yeah, just, just count me out. Someone's going to get in the basement and I like the other teams a notch better beat simply because of the quarterback situation. So seven and 10 for Cleveland and, uh, it's the under, I guess I like the under seven and 10. Wow. Okay. So seven is where I have their ceiling at, because if you look at, the 11 games now that the lines have adjusted without Watson, they're going to be favored in maybe two. Maybe two of those games. So, basically, Vegas is telling you if they win, if they go three and eight, they're doing real fucking good. Four is the absolute fucking ceiling for them. And then if you look at the um, six games in, he comes back in. Again, if he stepped on the field as Deshaun Watson two years ago, who was the second most valuable quarterback in the NFL, ATS, he was right behind Aaron Rodgers, was worth eight and a half points. Deshaun Watson was worth eight points to the spread. If he steps back onto the field as that dude from day one, then they have a chance to win five of those games. So that would make four and five equals nine. That would make nine their ceiling. However, the last half of their schedule, the last third of their schedule, whatever, is not the toughest part, but it's decently tough enough that if, he, if he's just 80% of what he was, I think 3-2 and two is pretty realistic there. If their realistic first start is 4-7, and seven, that makes 7 their ceiling. I don't think with all this bad juju going around and everything else that that's what happens. In fact, you know, if you're going that bad... You know, and they don't have any reason to tank, though. That's the other thing. They have no reason to tank because they've given away their first round picks. So if you're thinking, ah, oh, well, if they're fucking two and nine, why even bring Watson back? If you bring him back, why would, you know, no. that All of that is out the window. There is no reason to tank. There will be full motivation. And of course, when Deshaun steps back on the field, he better fucking have full motivation to come back and play well because that's the only thing that's really going to start to bury, you know, all of his off the field antics. So. But even with that seven being the ceiling, I can't quite see him getting a seven. I'm gonna go five and twelve. I'm gonna go five and twelve for the Browns, oh, and I got them right. going way, way, way under the number. So, and again, I don't know. I don't know now. Now that the game, but here, here's the caveat. Now that now that it's at eleven, I doubt it's still at eight and a half. I haven't looked up the the new number, but either way, they're not gonna be a very good football team. I mean, they are a very good football team outside of the quarterback. They are a very good football team, but I'm going to go 5-12 and 12 for the Browns this year. All right. I like it. All right, moving on. Oh, by the way, in the last uh, one, two, three, four, four years, if you wanted to bet the Browns, uh, you'd be 30-36-1 against the spread. So even when they're good, they're not good. So not just remember good. that. As, as, as you're going through, just remember that. 
All right, moving on to those Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, man, it is year one without the fat rapist, Big Ben. Moving on from one rapist to another. We got two. Well, we had two rapists in the division. Only one. There's only room for one rapist per division, so Big Ben had to retire. I mean, you know, he just had to. He had to. Hmm. He's, but this year, or last pervert. year. I don't know if it's. I don't know if that falls to rape, but, yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm making fun. I don't know what the fucking the, what the guy do. I, all I know is if I was a dude in that locker room, there is zero chance I let him live down the fact that thirty girls came out and said he pumped his hips and came on himself in front of him. Like, yeah, you're not living that down. Like, I'm teasing you every fucking day. Every I day. I wish I could do. That. Anyway, I wish I could. <laughs> well, he's <laughs> young, so you got to remember that. Anyway, nine and eight <laughs> for Pittsburgh last year. Mike Tomlin. Never loses, baby. He's never had a losing season. Their trend line is as such. 2017, 10.5 wins. Over. 2018, 10.5. Under. 2019, 9. Under. 2020, 9.5. Over. 2021, last year was supposed to be the demise of the Pittsburgh Steelers. God damn it. They went over again. This year, however, 2022, 7.5 wins. Longhorn, big downgrade expected from Vegas. What do you got on these Steelers? Yeah, I actually wanted to do a lot better than what I ended up at. I ended up at 8 and 9, so actually I guess I've got them going over projections. The only thing that kept me from pushing them up into that 9 and 8 um, range, and, and even 10 and 7, like this, this is a – the, the roster is fucking so good. You have lost your goddamn mind. No, the roster's too good. Go ahead, the though. Go ahead. Yeah, the roster's, I mean, 8-9 and nine is fucking losing record. It's, first, it's going to be the first time they haven't had a winning record ever under this coach, so I wouldn't exactly call that losing my mind. But um, it's, it's because there's whispers of Kenny Pickett possibly winning this job. Um, that's, you know, I, I, I had a little bit of hope that Trubisky could come in there and drive a ship, drive a good roster ship much like he did with Chicago to some, you know, nine, 10 win seasons. Cause he's done it before. Um, but the, but you know, it, the fact that Pickett might start, I'm not, I don't want to put that faith into a rookie quarterback, especially one that I don't, that I don't like, uh, very much. But as far as the roster goes, they brought in two new stars on the offensive line, but they're not, the, the offensive line has looked like doo-doo in the preseason. The word, the word is, is that it's going to be a struggle, uh, area for them again this year. Now, the plus side uh, on that is that Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett are both mobile quarterbacks, so they'll be able to actually, you know, move around a little bit. Uh, you know, Big Big Ben was just a statue back there throwing the ball is literally 1.5 seconds after he got the snap. So there's going to be some more big plays in this offense. And speaking of big plays, bringing in George Pickens, the wide receiver from Georgia, to go along with Claypool and Deontay Johnson, they do have that one, two, three awesome wide receiver um, package to go along with Najee Harris and uh, Pat Fairmuth, Baby Gronk at tight end. They've got the weapons. They don't have the offensive line. And we'll see about quarterback. We'll see which one of them starts. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to go into the defense. They, you know, defense is going to be awesome. They brought in Larry Oben, Oben Joby and Miles Jack on defense. Levi Wallace from Buffalo, cornerback. Like, like it was a, it was a good defense that just that just got better. So I'm not even going to waste time with there. It's going to be a really good defense. Um, it really just comes down to the quarterback. And again, I've seen Trubisky 
drive a ship to 10 wins before. I couldn't get there on my, my prediction, and I've got them with an actual losing record simply because of the whispers of the quarterback. And, you know, I don't. I just don't like it. So I'm, I'm going to put them at 8-9. and nine And uh, first losing record ever for one of the better coaches in the NFL. What do you got? He is one of the better coaches in the NFL. And what I'm about to say, I don't want this to reflect badly upon him. He just lost a Hall of Fame quarterback. However. But not Hall of Fame playing. And I I apologize for interrupting your handicap. But you have lost your goddamn mind. First of all, they were not a good defense. They were below average at every fucking statistic that you want to look at. Um, So maybe they got a little bit bit better. Who gives a shit? If you look at Big Ben's last year, and he wasn't good. He was terrible. 25th in the league, QBR, 35.6. Terrible. DVOA, 24th, negative 9.1. Terrible. 26th in EPA plus CPOE. Again, fucking terrible. Now what but is now, this? Who's this? Mitchell, this is Big Ben last year. Big Ben last year. What does that, what, what that have to do with this year? Well, if you'd let me finish, that's what she said. Go ahead. Uh... But now they've got Mitchie Boy, and despite your hope for, you know, small hands starting, which if that happens, they're more than fucked, but Mitchie Boy is the minus $1,000 right now in Vegas to be the starter. Week one, now does he start all year? No, he's not gonna. But, likely he is gonna start week one. Obviously, Vegas is telling you that. Look at Mitch Trubisky's last year as a starting quarterback. He was 28th in the league at QPR. 41.5, 41.5, slightly better than Big Ben, but 28th that year. 27th in DVOA at a negative 11, even worse. And EPA plus CPOA 30th, zero, or 0.026. So, unequivocally, Mitch Trubisky, in his last year as a starter, was worse than Big Ben at his worst year of his fucking career. So they're not going to upgrade a quarterback no matter who is the fucking starter. Oh. They're only favored in four oh, oh, games. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, they're not so big. Ben from last year, whoever plays quarterback this it's year still is still better. Not gonna, it, it, no, 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 they won't. Oh, no, they will not. Okay, all right. He's still better than Mitch, and on his last starting year, and he's gonna be better than fucking Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett's not gonna finish better than any of those numbers. They're only favored in four games all year, which that equates to around six and a half, maybe seven wins. Yeah, that ain't fucking happening. They're going to win six fucking games. They're going 6-11. and 11. This is going to be the worst season the Pittsburgh Steelers have seen. I mean, this this whole generation, they haven't experienced that. But you're going to. You're fucking about to. Their offense wasn't great last year. It ain't getting better. The defense was not good last year. It was below average, again, at everything. Maybe it gets a little bit better. But, again, it's hard to get better on defense when your offense sucks fucking nuts. Which they're going to do. Yeah, Pittsburgh is going to fucking blow this year. Mm-mm-mm. All right, we, we'll, have some, we'll have some betting opportunities there for sure. All right, I'm going to recap. I got Baltimore winning the division, 10-7. Cincy also at 10-7. Uh, somehow, whatever, tiebreaker, whatever. And then I've got uh, Pittsburgh... At six and eleven, and Cleveland in the basement at five and twelve. This division is not going to be nearly what it has been in the past. So that's what I got. 
All right, Baltimore ten and seven for me. Cincy nine and eight. Pittsburgh eight and nine, and Cleveland in the cellar at seven and ten. All right, boys and girls, we're going to move on to the NFC North now. And, of course, of course, we start with the best team in the division, Longhorn, the Chicago Bears. <laughs> uh-huh. Or maybe not. Who knows? We'll get into yeah. it. But last year uh-huh. they went 6-11. and 11. That was under their 7.5. That was another easy win for us on uh, totals. Their trend line is as follows: 2017, five and a half under; 2018, five and a half over. That was Trubisky's rookie year, 2019, nine under. He's another one of those second-year guys. Didn't work out. That's why he's not going to work out for Pittsburgh. But we're moving on. In 2020, eight games. They pushed on that. 2021, seven and a half last year. Again, like I said, easy win for us at the six and eleven this year. Vegas expecting a big downgrade. Six and a half wins on their total. Now, it's half game more than they won last year, but year-to-year expectations, a full game downgrade. How will they ever get to six? I have no fucking clue. This this team is destined (laughs) to be in the top three if they do a little over expectations, or at least my expectations maybe – they're picking five or six. Either way, they're landing under the six and a half. I've got them four and 13, and I don't want to waste a lot of time on this team. We all know, everybody knows, this team is headed nowhere. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, the offensive line is going to be absolute doo-doo. But don't worry, because when he's scrambling around for his life, he gets to throw to the worst assembly of wide receivers in the NFL. So I'm not sure what's... Great. I mean, they got an awesome running back. Great. David Montgomery, third round pick out of in from 2019. Fantastic. You got that going. Uh Tevin Jenkins, a right tackle who they drafted out of Oklahoma State in 2021 in the second round. He was supposed to step in and be a, you know, uh, you know, a piece to build around. Well, he is just he's not. They had to bring in uh Riley Reef, a un, uh, uh, unrestricted free agent. To fill that right tackle spot, and Riley Reef is your quintessential just jag starting offensive lineman. Better than what they had, but still, when Riley Reef is your best offensive lineman, and he is, and he's an off the street free agent who's going to put up a pedestrian PFF score, you are in trouble. Big time trouble. So let's move to the defense. Now, uh, Roquan Smith, linebacker, and Robert Quinn. Those are two stud defensive players, no doubt about it. Well, studs may be a little little strong for Roquan. He's had some up and down years, but he's definitely a a, a guy with talent, a a guy that would start on multiple, many teams in the the NFL. But there's rumors of them being traded. Yeah, well, again, there's rumors of them being traded, and even if they're not traded, when you have two players that know they're good enough to start on really good teams in the NFL and they're playing for this garbage, a team that's going to win four games, you're going to get quit. You're going to get injury, a little nick, and they're just going to sit out, mail it in, and wait for the summer when they get to go to a different team next year. Um, so even their two best players, I don't expect much from them this year, um, and, the, and the rest is trash. Now, let, let me get to the secondary. because let me For all you Chicago fans, let me put the spotlight on something that's going to be fantastic, in my opinion, over the next, uh, not this year, but over the next couple years, you've got the building blocks of the new um, 
the, the no-fly zone uh, with Jalen Johnson, a second-round pick in 2020. Uh, Eddie Jackson, who we know, I mean, he's a he's an all-pro level free safety from Alabama. Uh, they drafted this year, both in the second round, Jaquan Brisker from Penn State and Kyler Gordon from Washington to go along with Taven, uh, Taven Young, who they brought in from Baltimore. This is an awesome starting secondary building block. It's not going to fucking matter this year <laughs> at all, but that... that it, when you want, if you want something to focus on with some positivity, there you go. Uh, get the rest of your team to look like this secondary, and maybe you got something to build around Justin Fields. But it's going to be trash. It's going to be hard to watch this year. That secondary is going to look exposed. And you know, if you if you play this back and be like, I thought you said the secondary was going to be good. Well, they're not going to be good because they're going to there's going to be no pass rush. The team's going to quit, and these really talented secondary players are going to get exposed. But just trust me. Going forward, when you get a pass rush, you get a, an offense that can actually stay on the field, they're going to start to look better. They, it, It's going to be good. Uh, but, yeah, 4-13, and 13, Chicago is destined to be maybe the first pick in the draft next year. We'll see. What do you got? Yep. Uh, Vegas is expecting a big downgrade here, which is different from the other two uh, rookies that started all last year. They're the same on their over-under totals on both of them. Uh, Mac and Jones is the only other expected downgrade. And, you know, it was down to him and Fields in the end. I think they were, you know, given the worst grades by the scouts. So, kind of apropos there. Your point on the defense is well taken. Uh, if you look at their yards per game, they were sixth best last year in the NFL. If you look at their yards per play, 14th, so it's above average. However, if you look at points per play, they were 25th. What does that mean? It means... They didn't, you know, have to give up a lot of yards because they gave up points in fucking chunks, points per play. They were 22nd ranked in fucking points. The offense can't move the ball. It's always giving their defense a short field. So, you know, it's hard to defend a short field, especially in the NFL. Now, if you look at Justin Fields, uh, he was fucking awful. He was 31st in DVOA, 32nd in QBR, and 28th in CPA plus EPA. CPOE plus EPA. Um, you know, this is going to be another one of those quarterbacks his second year. Does he go over his projection? I don't think so. So, again, if he's going to fall into that trend, not very good. And, you know, for all the people that were claiming, you know, whatever they were claiming about the work ethic questions about this kid, here's what I'll say about worth work ethic questions. You never hear them about dudes that have great work ethics, ever. That never happens. It doesn't matter what position they play. It doesn't matter what color their skin is. It does not matter. If you have a great work ethic, nobody questions your work ethic. When you don't, people do. And you got to remember, Kirby Smart chose Jake fucking Fromm over this kid in college. In college. And you can say whatever you want to about Kirby Smart. He just won a national championship. He's smart. And he's he's he built a great program there in Florida, and he's kicking a lot of ass. So I don't think you can poo-poo what that dude makes a decision to obviously keep what was not going to be a good quarterback, or obviously not the best quarterback of the two. There was a reason for that decision. There was a reason. Well, he reason. better work his ass off this year. Good Lord. He's going to have to work his ass off this year. He's going to have to earn every fucking well, yard he gets. Even 
Even if he's got the work ethic of Tom Brady, it ain't going to matter this year. They're only favored two out of 17 games. Mm. That comes to, at best, around six wins. Our numbers have been projected at five and a half. I'm going to go under both of those. I actually wrote down exactly what you said. Four and 13 for the Bears. Um, you know, it's going to be a long winter, again, for the people in Chicago. Uh, and on top of that, their mayor looks like a Star Wars character. So, I, you know... I don't know. Either pick a better team, better city. She's got I don't the know. biggest dick I don't know in Chicago. I don't know what to the biggest dick in Chicago. She does have the biggest dick in Chicago. She said so. And if you yeah, want to bet so. on the Bears the last four years, they are 30 and 37 ATS, which is 44.8%, which is terrible. But it's even worse when you consider the fact that in 2018, Mitch's rookie year, they went 12 and 5 ATS. <laughs> And they still are hitting at a four, below 45%, which means they've been god-awful, and you're losing your balls if you bet on those bears. Go, Mitchie. Go, Mitchie. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. All right, moving on to, oh, this is absolutely your Detroit Lions. Last year, stellar, mm-hmm. stellar turnout, 3-14. and 14. Man, what a great year they had. Their Why are you bringing up old shit? 2017, eight wins was their overrunner. They went over that. 2018, six and a half, under. I think that was the Stafford got hurt year. 2019, six and a half, under again. 2020, six and a half, under again. 2021, five, under another. One of our easy, easy wins. This year, their over-under is six. So Vegas is obviously expecting an upgrade. So they're they're hey, they're pushing, baby. They're pushing for your lines. Yeah, well. They're not pushing enough because they're going over that. Um, however, <laughs> uh, they're only going slightly over that. Um, I've got I'm just let's spo- spoiler alert. I'm putting them at seven and ten, uh, which is a huge upgrade. It's 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 not like I'm down on my lines. That's a that's a massive upgrade, and it's over expectations. Um, I don't. It, before I get into the roster, actually, really quick, the offense is fucking awesome. They brought in DJ Chark. They drafted Jason uh, Jamison Williams out of Alabama wide receiver to go along with Amon St. Brown. Again, another one of those one, two, three. Not awesome yet because Jamison Williams unproven and DJ Chark has his injury issues. Um, but that's the building blocks of a really awesome one, two, three to go along with TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. The offensive line is by by anybody's uh, rankings who who ranks offensive lines is in that top five, top eight, top. Uh, type of offensive lines so there's nothing to not like about the offense besides jared goff and again i'll point you to other times that he's been on awesome offenses when he's led them to super bowls and yes i know that they had you know a better coaching situation we'll deal with that later but everything points me to the defense and although i love what they're doing in a lot of places on the defense um that back seven is a problem and Malcolm Rodriguez, the the Hispanic middle linebacker, is making some he's making some noise on hard knocks. But again, he's a sixth round linebacker rookie. I don't I don't see him like coming in and making a difference in the win column in year one. Um, like I told you in the in the summer, if Jeff Okuda, the I think he was drafted maybe the third pick overall in the 2020 draft in the first round, if I heard whispers that he was coming in 
after two years of injury prone and under underwhelming, if I heard the whispers that he was coming in and playing like the third overall pick in the draft, this would not be a seven and ten prediction. This would be more like a um, nine and eight prediction because on the front end with Hutchinson, Brockers, Charles Harris, two Aquaras uh, pass rushers, uh, Josh Pascal, who they drafted in the second round this year, like everything they're doing on the offensive line and defensive line is exactly how i would build a roster i love everything about what they're doing except for the back seven and the back seven as of now is so bad that i i can't i just can't go there I'll, but i will you know i will go over projection because i this league is is offensive weighted so when you have an offense that good on paper you it, it, it outweighs a bad defense or it should so uh, seven and ten for me, probably not as much as what everybody thought, but it is over. It is over Vegas um, expectations. Go ahead with your um, your your five and twelve or your four and thirteen, whatever the fuck you're going to put them at. Go ahead. Well, Vegas is expecting an upgrade. You're expecting an upgrade, and I am as well. So I gave Dan Campbell a lot of shit last year for his press conference. But, to your point, he's building the culture. They didn't quit. They had the third best record, ATS, last year. Longhorn, they were 11-6. and six. You were crushing it if you fucking bet the Lions last year. <laughs> yeah. Crushing it. Now, that's best. very impressive. However, last year they were favored in one game preseason. This year, three games. So that's just under seven wins. Vegas is telling you to take the over. However, if you dig deeper, last year their average margin of victory for Detroit was negative 8.4 points. They had five games preseason that they were dogs by more than that. That led to that tremendous ATS uh, uh, success. So what you're going to want to do is play the market fade because this year they are favored in three games, but... Only one game are they dogs by eight and a half or more. So that means the numbers have tightened. And what Vegas is really, when they're saying improvement, they're really just trying to goat people like you betting the over on this team because while their success is moving up, they're making those lines tighter and they're more tight than the actual improvement in the team. Uh, Their ATS number will regress this year. It will regress to the mean. It'll probably be, you know, around 50-50, if not worse. Uh, but I do have improvement in that. Our numbers did have improvement. Our numbers have them at five and a half wins. I'm going to go slightly under that and say five and 12. That's a 12% improvement. That's a hell of an improvement in the second year. And their offense is awesome, as you say it's going to be. You list the DJ chart. He's been hurt in his entire career. Jameson Williams is hurt currently. DJ Swift gets hurt. Every year that he plays. Um, so I don't see a lot of those guys actually playing the games, 17 of them that's gonna take. Because it's gonna take them to go, it's gonna take them to play 17 to win seven and beat me. I don't think that's gonna happen. They haven't they've never well, we, done it. We James know it's not gonna play in the NFL. Yeah. He's not even gonna start. So, this so then that's we not know, we know it's not gonna Yeah, and then their defense again was god awful. God awful. Points per game, 31st. Points per play, 30th. Uh, Yards per game, 29th. Yards per play, 29th. 
Third down and success, 29th. Fourth down success, 29th. They can't get off the field. They can't stop anybody from moving the ball, and they can't stop people from fucking scoring the ball. So that means Jerry Goff is going to have to be the Rams Jerry Goff and put up 30 points a game just to be in football games. And again, these spreads are getting a lot tighter this year because, again, Vegas is not going to get whipped like that again, especially by the fucking Lions. So all those big blowout fucking spreads, all those 10, 14-point spreads, yeah, that shit ain't fucking happening this year. You're going to have to fucking buckle down and really handicap the Detroit Lions. And when you do that, are they good enough to stay within four or five points? No, they're not. They're not a very good football team. They're not going to be a very fo- good football team. They're going to be better. I do agree with that. And I've got them at 5-12. and 12. Yeah, for time restraints, we'll just move on. But, um, yeah, that's uh, – <laughs> that, I mean, I don't know. It's it's – they five five and twelve. If they go five and twelve, like you say. There, there, there is going to be big spreads, and they and they could still be ATS monsters. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, I it, it just depends. It depends on how it they start. Like on... if they're yeah, if like what I, I, what's what's week one? Who do they play in week one? It's, and that, uh, they had that they haven't been. Here's the thing: the Detroit Lions have not been awful. ATS. So they were nine and seven, seven and nine, seven and nine, then eleven and six. They're thirty four and thirty one. <laughs> 52.3%, they're winning you a, a nickel if you just bet them blindly in the last four years. That's pretty goddamn good in the NFL. So I'm not disparaging, but usually the market, usually Vegas is right on the market. They're two games up, two games down, two games down. Last year was such an anomaly because the spreads, again, five games preseason by more than eight and a half points. And their average margin of victory, victory was negative eight and a half points. They lost on average by eight and a half goddamn points. They weren't good. They just they're had plus, huge fucking spreads that got even bigger they're, during they're the season. They're plus four uh, week one at home hosting Philly. I think they played Philly last year. I, I wonder what – I'm trying to remember what the spread was on that game. But uh, Let me look. Let me see, look Let me look real quick. Uh, Philly, like Philly, was, Philly. I feel like it was more than four. They didn't – God damn it. That's 2000 – yeah, uh, pretty sure they played. Sorry, last year. you said last. See, you said you said last year. Sorry. Uh, yes, they hosted Philly last year, and they lost forty-four to six, and the, the spread? spread was three, three. Well, then, so in okay, other words, so they've gotten they're, worse. They're getting worse respect. ATS. So there's. St- I mean, yeah. We'll, That's we'll what I'm saying. It. Vegas is hiding a. Vegas is hiding a lot of their terribleness with this total but in the end they're not making them as big a dogs during the entire season now this not one game notwithstanding they're a bigger dog they did lose 44 to 6 but they're a bigger dog than they were last year against the same team so they're not getting respect ATS well, in that, Go in Detroit. that moment, the, we know some money. What I'm saying is their margin is not as big as it was last year, and their margin being big is the only reason why they went 11. The, 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 they were just undersold. <clears throat> they were undersold. It was a dumpster fire, and the guy was talking about biting fucking kneecaps off. So yeah, it got undersold by a lot I of. Will, people, I will say this. Myself. I will say this. Watching Hard Knocks, I know a lot of people get sucked in by Hard Knocks, and you would think that I would too, but I've actually been a little turned off by not Dan Campbell, uh, because I think Dan Campbell, I mean, he is what he is. He's a 
He's a motivator, and he and he's he's just, he's as expected on that show. I've been extremely turned off by the the rest of the coaching staff and the um, the bickering between themselves, like like coaches going. It just it just it screams unprofessional. That's a sign of poor leadership, sir. That, that, That's a well, sign of poor you leadership. say that you say that, but but they're but he's correcting them. Like he's he's in a, he's, he's having to tell them like, hey, and you're, you're right, it comes from the top. So he's got to get a, get that under control for sure. But like. That's not. That's not. I just don't like that. It's, it's a turnoff. I don't. I don't see that from other, uh, from other winning organizations. And no, I saw it. I saw it on the Hard Knocks in Cleveland when uh, Hugh Jackson was the head coach, and his coordinators were challenging him in the meeting room, and he had to say repeatedly, "Hey, what have I said? When you're in this chair, you run things how you want to run things. But I'm in this chair, and I want to run things how I want to fucking run things." Yeah, and there hasn't he literally been any, had to say that repeated times. There hasn't been anything like that. Like the culture feels really good in when you're watching that show. The culture of what they're building feels really good. It's just I don't like the there's there's too much. It feels like it feels like they are um, buying into their hype too much, and I don't like that. Feels I think they're a year away. But long story short, I think they're a year away. Get a couple of uh, secondary players. Get a couple of linebackers to fill in, and uh, and then you know maybe we'll 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 see what happens with Jared Goff this year. But uh, anyways, so yeah, seven and ten. They're still losing, still a losing team. But I do love Anonymous St. Brown. I love that kid. All right, moving on to your favorite quarterback, the Green Bay Packers, and A. A. Ron Rogers. Another stellar year last year, 13-4. and four. Was there ever any doubt that that was going to happen? I can't remember anybody in this podcast doubting the fact that they were just going to dominate this division and be the number one seed. Nobody on this podcast did that at all. Now, mm-hmm. their, their overall trend line started in 2017. Uh, Ten games was under. 2018, ten games under. However, since then, since the reemergence of the Whatever, the cleanse soul, the new fucking hippie version of Aaron Rodgers, 2019, 9 over, 20, 9 over, 21, last year, 10 over. Again, another upgrade from Vegas this year. Their over-under is 11 wins. It was 11 and a half, and then they lost their best player other than Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Now it's 11. It's a long one. What do you got on your favorite quarterback? Yeah, and first of all, I will not be uh, bullied into not giving my actual opinions. I, I, I just love, I love hindsight and twenty twenty uh, handicapping. Like people no, forget. I said that. it at the time. I yeah. said at the time you were yeah, crazy. Yeah, you did. Yeah, but I you didn't put him at. Time. You didn't put him at thirteen and three, did you? And and people forget that there was a lot of fuck. Like he wasn't even with the team last year. Like there was so much offseason drama last year. Yeah, he came back. And he did what he did. And that's fine, but like I will not shy away from from reading in between things and and giving an honest opinion. So with that said, uh, I actually have them going twelve and five this year and win this division because yes, they <laughs> lost. <laughs> I mean, dude, I mean, uh, it's 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 not I because know, of, I know. Not, oh yeah, I mean they I lost know. they lost an awesome receiver, but you know what they did? They're getting back. If he's healthy and if he can play, well, that's that's the case for any player if they can play all year. Bakhtiari is one of the better left tackles in the league. And guess what? Jair Alexander. He's Jair Alexander. He's probably the best cornerback in the league. So you get the, one of the best left tackles and one of the best cornerbacks 
coming back from a team that went, what'd you say, 13 and 4 last year? 13 and 4. Okay, so you lose uh, Devontae Adams, who's worth maybe, he's worth a point. He's a full point player, I, I would assume. Uh, so, Bakhtiari, he's a half point player. Uh, Jair Alexander, he's a half point player. That's the same to me. Now, I do think that they're going to, you know, because they lost a star wide receiver, they do need to change up a little bit of the, you know, kind of what their identity is on offense. I do think they're going to be more of a running um, offense and lean on this defense that is fucking awesome. This defense is going to be so fucking good this year. Um, so I actually downgraded them. I downgraded them to 12 and 5, although I do think. At 12 and 5, I think they have a chance to be an overall better built team to win in the playoffs with this team than they were last year. Um, now, will Aaron Rodgers buy into that? We'll see. Because, look, here's what, here's what we learned fade Aaron Rodgers in the offseason, fade Aaron Rodgers in the postseason. Do not fade Aaron Rodgers in the regular season. So, um, yeah, 12 and 5, I got them winning this division. Um, just, just you love the roster. You just love. I'm not going to go all the way down, up and down the roster. It's, it's an awesome roster. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the most telling thing is if you look at the preseason projection again last year, ten wins. They lose their best player outside the quarterback, and Vegas upgrades them to a, actually it was eleven and five. Then dropped down eleven after he left. So, so much for that being a huge downgrade. They're favored in fifteen out of seventeen games. Vegas says that's 10.5 wins, so slightly the under. Our numbers have them at 63%. Winning percentage historically per our power rankings, that's right at 10.5 wins, which is right on Vegas' expectations. I personally, just looking at the schedule, don't see, I don't see any scenario where they finish worse than 12-5. and five. You know, as long as Rodgers doesn't fall off a cliff. You know, I mean, last year he was number one in DVOA, number one in CPOE plus EPA. Number one in QBR and won a back-to-back MVP. So even if he slips a little bit, which obviously he could, and he actually should he should start to slip, this is their division. As long as he's there, the division is crap. And, you know, he goes to their toughest road games are at Tampa Bay and at Buffalo. If you give them those two losses and you sprinkle in three more random games, just say at Minnesota, home versus Dallas, Home versus the Rams, which is another other three best teams they're going to play. You get twelve and five, so they're going to win one of those games that you know they're not favored in. They're going to win, you know, one, not maybe two of those coin flips, other ones, and they're going to lose, you know, a couple games they're not supposed to fucking lose. Overall, I don't see any fucking world where you don't go twelve and five. And to your point about betting against Aaron Rodgers in the regular season. Uh, 2019 against the spread, 10 and 8. 2020, 11 and 7. Last year, Longhorn, 12 and goddamn 6, and that's including the playoffs. So, yeah, you just don't do it. It's one of those things like maybe you try to find a spot, but again, you're you're betting against basically a 56% proposition. So you're on the you're on the you know minority side of 44%. You better be pretty fucking good at picking your spots, and you bet against these dudes. And uh, it's just not smart money to to really ever do it and you your 12 and 5 is your that's your official i just i don't see i can't i think that's their i think that that is their absolute floor and i'll take their floor just because at some point 
uh, Mr. Fucking Hippie, Aaron Rodgers has got to start slipping a little bit physically. Mm. I mean, at, at some point he has to. So I think their basement's 12 and 5, and I'll take the basement. Well, I will say this: uh, if if uh, if you watch my my other show on our on our Revolution Network, which you have, if you haven't subscribed, you gotta subscribe to that because you get a whole plethora of shows. And on mine, when I broke down the draft class of the Green Bay Packers, they took in the second round they took Christian Watson, wide receiver out of I think it's North Dakota State. I always get a mix up: is North Dakota State or South Dakota State? Whatever. It's the it's the Carson Wentz school. They took him in the second round, but they also took a kid. Out of Nevada, uh, if my memory serves me correct, Romeo Dobbs in the fourth round. And on that podcast, I said that not only did they fuck up, because they when they drafted Christian Watson, uh, George Pickens was available from Georgia, who went to Pittsburgh, who's tearing it up in camp. He's going to be an instant starter and, and a future star. I said not only did they fuck up by not taking Pickens, Romeo Dobbs is going to end up being better wide receiver than Christian Watkins, who they took in the second round. And true to form, Watson's already hurt because he weighs like 118 pounds and he's 6'5", and Dobbs is in there just tearing it up in camp. He's, he's pushing for a starting spot. So this team could – if they had drafted fucking uh, Pickens and Dobbs, then, I mean, problem solved immediately and, and another window busted open for Aaron Rodgers to uh, develop some young receivers, which is not his forte – but he's just going to have to learn. He's just going to have to deal with it and be a running team and, and work in these young receivers. That's that's his that's his next five-year window of future. So he's just going to have to get used to it and enjoy his long fucking hippie hair and all his hot brunettes that he brings in uh, on a nine-month rotation. Not much, <laughs> un, not much unlike myself. <laughs> <laughs> See. You're so much alike, and yet you uh, hate each other. It's crazy. He's like my and uh, there's animal. only one. There's only one Dakota school, sir, in football, Wh- and that would be North is? Dakota State. They are if you if you want to just bet FCS football. If you're that big of a degenerate, no, just bet them every week to cover. Yeah, just bet them every week to cover. They're they're a fucking machine. All right, moving on. Last team in the NFC North. Lastly, but not leastly. Mostly not leastly, the Minnesota Vikings, the men of Minnesota, eight and nine last year. Uh, 2017, eight and a half over. 2018, ten wins under. 2019, nine wins over. 2020, nine wins under. 2021, nine wins under. So, there, Vegas has got them pretty much clogged over, under, over, under, under last couple years. Uh, Longhorns, what do you got on those fighting Kirk Cousins? Yeah, not, let's not waste a lot of time. The offensive line still has question marks, but with Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Thielen, they're, they're going to score their points. So, you know, they brought in Ed Ingram, uh, who they drafted at LSU in the second round. I think he was a third-round, uh, fourth-round type prospect. They drafted him in the second round, and actually I hear that he's uh, uh, pushing for a starting job. But, again, it's not going to be a great offensive line. It's going to be much of the same for Minnesota on offense, which when everybody's healthy, it's not bad. Now, go to the defense. Um, they brought in, if I can find his fucking name, there it is, Zadarius Smith from uh, Green Bay, who was uh, formerly Baltimore, to go along with Daniil Hunter, who's coming back from injury. If those two are healthy and playing, which uh, which right now they are, that is a fantastic pass rush. They brought in uh, Harrison Phillips at nose tackle to go along with some other just kind of fatties on the defensive line. There's going to be improvement 
here on the defense. Now, Andrew Booth, I think, the the second-round rookie out of Clemson. I heard a story on him, and God, I should have wrote that down. He's either dealing with an injury or, for some reason, uh, some sort of – it can't be criminal because I would have heard about it. It's got to be an injury. But anyways, he's dealing with an injury, so that's going to hurt a little depth on the rotation in the back end. Uh, Lewis signed the safety out of Georgia. Is going to he should step right in to this rotation very nicely to go along with Harrison Smith and of course the aging Patrick Peterson can still fill a role. Um, I like the roster. Uh, you know, I've, I've always liked this roster. When this when this roster is healthy, and they had the you know um, what was the coach's name from Dallas that they got they got fired last year? Mike Zimmer. When they have Mike Zimmer and this roster is healthy, this is a damn good team. Now, again, they got a new coach, Kevin O'Connell. We'll see how things uh, uh, mix in with that. But there's not a whole lot to not like about the roster. So I got them at I got them at 10-7, and seven, good team, um, safely in second place in this division. So what do you got? Yep, shocker. Vegas has this team over under nine wins for the one, two, three, Fourth consecutive year. And sports fans, that is exactly where you don't want your football team to be. That means you're stuck in the middle. You're not going to be bad, but you ain't going to be great. And Vegas has this team pegged. That's why they did it again. They're they're favored in 12 out of 17 games. That's actually 9.5 wins per Vegas, so slightly over. Our numbers have been a 53% winning percentage historically for the power rankings. That, again, has them right on 9 wins on the nose. I'm going to go slightly higher than that, and I'm also going to say 10-7. and 7. Um, You know, they've been under for two straight years, and Kirk Cousins is Mr. 50-50. I don't remember his exact starts and exact record, but I swear to God, it is 50-50 <laughs> wins and losses. They went 8-9 last year. He's got to get that back to the fucking 500, so I'm going to go 10-7 and 7 this year and uh, say they go the slide over to Minnesota. All right. All right. So to recap my division, I've got Green Bay going 12 and, a, 12 and 5. That is a slot over. Minnesota, 10 and 7 slot over. Detroit, improved, but 5 and 12. Give me the under. And then Chicago, 4 and 13. How are they going to win four? Holy shit. Under for the Bears for me. All right. 12 and 5 for Green Bay for me. 10 and 7. Second place, Minnesota. Detroit. Not in the basement, going 7-10. and 10. And, of course, those Chicago Fighting Bears at 4-13. and 13. All right, boys and girls, that was all. Them wins coming in the air tonight, baby! All right, boys and girls, it's time you all been waiting for. It's time for those free, I said, free picks of the week. Longhorn, hit them with it. Oh, I'm going to hit them with it. I'm going to hit them with those Detroit Lions going 7-10 and 10 and over the, I don't know what you said, 5.5, whatever it was, over Detroit Lions win total. Six. Ooh. Hmm. Shop it around. Find the 5.5. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> 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 Don't I sound confident? Over Detroit Lions. All right, I'm going to go with the uh, best bet Chicago Bears under six and a half. That is stealing fucking money. Um, 
And to be fair, Longhorn wanted to put that out too. I just called it first. So we'll both take credit for that one. I'll take the Pittsburgh Steelers under 7.5. That's not going to be a popular one, but I feel very strongly about it. And bonus, best bet, I gave you Air Force over. I think it was 8 or 8.5 wins on their total. I got to disparage one of our branches of the great military, at least on the football field, the men of Navy. Uh, Their over-under total wins is 4.5. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a real down year for Navy this year. Uh, they're not gonna be a very good football team. If you look at their schedule, I mean four wins. They're begging for four wins. So four and a half again to me is stealing money. They probably win three. A long year for them there. They're not gonna beat Army. So uh, yeah, that's what I got on best bets. So uh, now that we've made you all your money, uh, Longhorn, why don't you tell them about that fabulous website where they can go and find. All the money this season. <laughs> All right, you glory hole seekers. That's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hall. <laughs> Let's try that again in English. Another episode of the Football <laughs> Glory Hole podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week. And don't forget to subscribe and get us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. And also, don't forget to find the Revolution Network uh, you can find it anywhere that you look up things in your feed. You get this show, FGH. You get the Bastards of Babylon. You get the Football and Freedom Show. And you get the I Mean It Show with Bo Cephas. We are rocking and rolling over there. So join in on the fun. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our social media platforms so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, Sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both see us as always in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. God damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Stephen Tyler, take us out, baby! Uh-huh.